So my name is Tommy Duffy. I am a O-U-R-U-F long timer. I've been here as long as Justin. Jenna, Jenna, and Elena, and all the others have been here for this long time. I'm sorry, Mom. I'm nervous. Elena was here, but you're a Mom. All sorts of things like bad home situations and fistfights and, and healings and all that. Just come talk to me one-on-one. -on -one. I'd love to share the rest of it. But anyway, just the college part is super interesting. I came to, RU, uh, to OU as a freshman like most people and um, really wasn't in a good place spiritually at all. Uh, I had three friends die within the past 18 months, two of them for suicide. That had really just rocked uh, my faith. Um, it had been a big struggle for me. So I was, um, I'd, for, a, for a long period of that time, I had um, done, struggled with, with non-belief, with atheism, and agnosticism. Eventually I came this long road back to God where I just said, you know, nothing else has the same weight, has the same uh, pull that the Bible does, that Jesus does. Uh, so I came back to God and was really trying to figure it out and didn't know where to go in college. I was trying to find friends and trying to find classes and didn't know where Dale was, which they never show you on the tour for some reason. But, and I came and then I was walking um, <clears throat> through the like freshman involvement fair and I signed up to this thing because I wanted to get a cool cup. <coughs> and then that's Justin and he never stopped texting me after I got that cup because <laughs> he had my phone number. And he invited me up to a mission trip that was 20 bucks. And it was, I was like, that's cool. I want to do missions and stuff. And $20, get away from the so we went to Joplin and we served, and then the next week he's like, hey, you said you play guitar, if you want to come lead worship. I was like, sure. Uh, so he gave me a bunch of songs I didn't know and had me lead worship in front of like 30 people. <laughs> and, uh, after that, I'd come to RUF. Uh, shortly though, because I didn't plug myself into anything besides RUF, I didn't find solid Christian friends. Um, I joined Bucks, which was a huge boon uh, to my faith, but still uh, I was having, I was trying to pour out a lot doing these leadership positions and having no one pour back in. So quickly I slipped into some pretty deep and scary addictions, um, the main of which would be self-harm, and it started just becoming somewhat of a habit. Uh, I could hardly go to class just because I was so depressed, and I was, um, I was just, I wasn't sleeping, I wasn't being able to be totally awake, I, uh, I started using food as a way, as a means of self-harm. I could go several days without eating, um, had body dysmorphia, all these struggles. But this whole time, I thought that these things were, were my struggle, um, that God had given the, this as my, the thorn in my side. And so I didn't tell anyone about it. And so I didn't, um, I didn't reach out because I thought that I was strong enough to do it by myself. I thought it was a testament to my own uh, inner worth and inner strength to bear all these burdens by myself and not reach out. Uh, so I went the whole spring semester when this all hit without telling anyone, and the friends that I started to gather around, I met some great friends like the twins, and then I met some, some not so great friends um, who struggled with the same thing, but we all thought, oh, we're big adults, we're in college, we don't have to go get help for this. Uh, so we, we just relied on each other for sympathy, which isn't the same as getting help. And so my eating disorder worsened, my self-harm worsened, 
to the place where I was just in a terrible place and my parents could tell, my girlfriend could tell, so they're like, hey, something's going on. So I said, okay, I'll go to therapy. So I went to therapy, got some medicine, started going back to church. I was feeling good. So by the time I went back to college, I was like, man, I'm feeling good. Fall semester, this is going to be great. But I was feeling good, so I stopped taking my medicine because I thought, I'm doing good enough. I don't need to do that. I stopped reading my Bible and praying every day because I felt like I'm doing well enough. I don't need that. When it wasn't me where the strength was coming from, it was God. And so I thought that this, all this strength, all this uh, ability and stability was coming from within when it was coming from above. But I, once again, stopped going to church and stopped hanging out with uh, as many positive friends. And it just worsened and worsened and worsened to the point where I wasn't going to class at all. And one day I checked my grades and I was failing, um, literally failing all my classes. And so that's when I had a, one of my first suicide attempts. Um, and I just, I just didn't tell anyone. It was a really scary time. And then right after that, my mom... My mom just called me out of the prompting of the spirit, and she, um, she wouldn't hang up the phone until I told her, told her what was wrong. And so I didn't tell her the extent of it, but I told her some of it, and we got a medical withdrawal from school, so I could, um, none, none of those failing grades would count against me, but I ended up going, going back home, and uh, still maintaining some of those negative relationships, even like though I was back home in Tulsa. <clears throat> and it got to a point where I had another really big suicide attempt. Um, wasn't just playing around where I, um, I had this, what's called a dissociative episode where I wasn't, it was an out experience, I was not in control of my own actions or anything, and I had a loaded gun in my mouth. Um, and there's no reason outside of God why I didn't pull the trigger at all. Because uh, every other time I was in a dissociative episode, I harmed myself, I would cut myself, I would burn myself. Uh, all those things would happen, but this time I was able to snap out of the dissociative episode. God just saved me from that. And it was by far the scariest moment of my life. Um, so after that, I soon was interned to a, um, a mental hospital where I stayed for a week. Um, and then that's why the next spring I wasn't at OU, for those of you who have long, known me long enough, that's why I skipped a semester. But, um, and it, mental hospital was crazy, for lack of a less pun-filled word. Um, it, it was just the most ridiculous time of my life. A lot of really interesting people I'll never forget. Um, but in that, there's this one guy named Brother Bernard. He was this huge barn of a man, deep voice, Southern Baptist pastor, who was all about the object lessons and all about the fact that like, you're not good enough for God, you'll never be good enough for God. And that is the point, is that he loves you the way you are. There is no, you don't get good enough and then go ask for help. You don't get good enough and then ask for forgiveness, because you'll never get there. The point is that however you are, whatever sins, like, he loves that, all your perfect imperfections. But he wants you to get better for your own good. Um, so that really revolutionized my life, and uh, I just, from there, started trying to be, lead a, a very gospel-centered life, and uh, saw that the mission of each of us as Christians, um, just as imperative as a mission in, on a movie or a TV show or a video game, our mission is to reach other people. So I started becoming very... <clears throat> very aggressive, uh, but not in like a weird, like up in your face way, but just always trying to work Christ into the conversations I had, um, and being honest with people about the truths that I know and the truths that I don't know, and try to search more just within the Gospels. Uh, and so that's kind of what led me to where I am today. I'm back leading again at RUF, um, and just trying to, trying to figure it all out. So that's it.